How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into today's subject, where um, <laughs> to preface all of this, I don't know how deep do I want to go in this, but essentially to preface all of this, um, I am the type of person that's been fortunate enough to be exposed to at a very early age and even ongoing until now been exposed to close people in his life, friends, family that have uh, done really well for themselves financially um, through entrepreneurship, you know, whatever means some have inherited it, whatever the case might be, whatever their story is for how they gain that wealth, they have it. So I was exposed to a lot of that early on. And by being exposed to that, I thought that that was something that I also personally wanted as well. And so when I graduated high school, I took a, a, a slight break from, from school. I technically was still enrolled in college while I was in high school. And so I graduated with my AS degree in, in computer science. Um, so I studied computer science while I was in high school and when I, I left that, I took two years off and then about like, and I graduated in 2006, that dates me a little bit, but <laughs> I don't really care about that. I'm 33. I'll be 34 soon. Um, but so yeah, I graduated uh, with a degree in computer science, but I didn't want to continue doing computer science. I ended up finding out that it wasn't for me. And so I thought, well, what's a degree that probably will work everywhere? Oh, a finance degree. And that goes online with like everything I enjoyed when I was younger. And so I went and studied finance. And uh, three years later, I went back to university and, and studied that. And funny enough, I actually dropped out with half a semester left, or sorry, with a full semester left uh, before graduating with my four-year degree. I dropped out. And the reason why I dropped out is because at the time uh, when I was going to school, we had already started to gain an understanding of what caused the financial crisis of, of 2008. And more and more information was slowly starting to trickle out and more research was being done on it. And because of that, you'll have to excuse me, by the way, the, I guess I have allergies right now because springtime is really kicking in and I, I like all day today I felt like I had like a stuffy nose headache and everything of that nature so um, anyways I I dropped out because I wrote a thesis paper or uh, yeah a, a thesis paper on my thoughts and um, what I thought could have been solutions to the financial crisis of 2008 and uh, during the class, essentially, people were given the option of just choosing one financial crisis. I forget what class it was for, but it was choose one financial crisis in the history of America. Um, or actually, technically, it didn't have to be America. It could have been anywhere. And, you know, detail in your paper exactly what the events, what events possibly caused that, caused that. Um what occurred during that time period and essentially how would you address that uh, from an economics perspective, macro and um, microeconomic perspective. And it was some economics class it had to be. And so I picked a financial crisis 2008. Funny enough, like half the class did that just because it was so new 
and and still relatively um it was pretty much still relevant it was still in people's minds people were still affected by it people's parents were affected by it and and through my research i found that it was essentially a high level of corruption that had occurred uh, systemic corruption that occurred that caused the financial crisis of 2008 and the fact that uh, that was the case. I ended up finding out the really dark side to finance and the world of finance. And because of that, I really got disheartened from pursuing something like that. I told myself, this is not something I want to do. Like, I think it's great. All the information and knowledge I gained for this for, for myself. But ultimately, I can't see myself working in, in finance. It's just a high level of toxicity occurs if you work in finance. There's some some exceptions to the rule, but I was still a person still searching for their their purpose in life at that time. And I just knew that if I got into that, I would probably have a very tainted future. Lo and behold, later on, I would move to Vegas and, and work at a nightclub and drink my life away for three years and make that stupid decision. But ultimately it was temporary. If I got into finance, I felt like that would be more of a way of life and I wouldn't get out of it. I think I like, if I was still in it now, I wouldn't have the family. I have everything of that nature, but I definitely would be very wealthy um, because I tend to be very good at that category of thing. Um, but I have, uh, I've always have been very pessimistic about the current economics of this country and like where they're going and how unsustainable it's been. But I've been blasting this horn for well over three years now. Like I've been telling friends, like, hey, get out of the market, get out of the market. Uh, I would like slowly trickle back your money in, in the market and start investing into other things, possibly like new hobbies or not new hobbies, but just more into yourself. Like essentially. Uh, investing in, in, in things that you want to do or invest into just things that could expand your knowledge and things of that nature. But I would definitely get out of the market. If people listened to me three years ago, you know, um, they're, they took a massive loss because the market continues to go up. And one of the things, though, that's causing me to be even more afraid about what's to come is this whole idea of uh, there's a shortage of houses everywhere in the United States. Essentially, it is a huge seller market at the moment. There's not enough houses in circulation and people are buying houses left and right. And, and there's so much construction and there's so much supply being uh, created because there's so many people buying homes at the moment. <clears throat> and there's just not enough supply, supposedly. But if you read it between the lines, you start to realize that it's not individuals that are looking to buy family homes who's buying up all this real estate essentially is businesses investment corporations that are buying these properties as investment properties and then they bottle this up into like a real estate investment trust right an reit which by the way if you're not familiar with that uh it's a financial instrument that you can trade on the stock market and what qualifies you as an REIT is essentially that you are a real estate and that you're a trust or that you invest in the real estate and that you're a trust. And one of the benefits to uh, REITs is that those trusts don't have to pay taxes at all. 
But to avoid paying taxes, they are required to pay 90% of the profits that they generate back to their shareholders. And so they have high dividends that they can pay out. But there's a lot of risk with the REITs um, because, you know, owning real estate can be a very risky thing. You know, natural, they're prone to natural disasters, uh, devaluation of an area because of commerce. There's just a lot of different things that could affect it, right? A pandemic, like real estate investment trusts in, in Las Vegas were probably hit really hard early on into the pandemic. Now they're probably blowing up. They're, they're blowing up everywhere, essentially. But um, these are these real real estate investment trusts and other people that just choose to buy real estate for as a business and rent it out. They're the reasons why there's not enough supply out there. And my fear is that there all these companies and, and uh, industries are going to be continuously buying up a supply out there that there won't be any relative demand for those houses. There won't be people wanting to buy their notes. There won't be people that need to look for rent because they're already living somewhere. And there won't be a, a buyer's market for buying homes because there'll be some other financial crisis that happens or some other problems that will arise that minimizes the amount of people that have the availability to invest in to or invest a down payment in buying a home. And so what do you do when you have this large supply and it's generating uh, is essentially uh, it's red on your balance sheet because no one's living there. These, these companies are going to start selling these properties at a, like at a cheaper cost. And essentially by doing that, they're going to be devaluing all the properties in the area as well. Leading into what I truly believe is going to be another financial crisis linked to real estate. And I cannot believe in my lifetime where this mistake is going to happen again, but it's, it's going to happen again <laughs> because this essentially is the start of what occurred before 2008. Essentially people were buying up properties and then, you know, um, retail investors like you or I essentially took out a second mortgage out of our homes and bought, used that second mortgage to put out on a down payment on another home. And a lot of people were doing that back in the day because it was cheap to do it. And there was financial instruments that allowed you to kind of defer your interest until later on in the, in the, the note or the um, later on in the loan that you current that you had. And so there were notes that was like five years, you would have like a five-year reduced interest rate. And then after five years, your interest rate would shoot right up um, with whatever the interest rate was from the Federal Reserve. And a lot of people got affected by notes like that because essentially their property value was going down because a lot of people were foreclosing on their homes because they couldn't afford to pay for their mortgage. And so when people's when people were trying to sell their homes, they couldn't. And then now their their investment property that they had that they were going to flip really quick wasn't flipping and now they were on the hook for a mortgage that shot up in in price because your interest rate shot up after five years and so these people started to foreclose on their notes and then it cost a cascade event and uh honestly it was everyone's fault it was it's a consumer's fault for believing that they could afford houses that they know deep down inside they they shouldn't have been able to afford banks for allowing people to buy homes without any level of underwriting. Underwriting is the, the practice of digging into someone's uh, history, financial history, like uh, their you know their profession, uh, 
how much debt they have and everything of that nature and using all that information to better understand whether this person is going to be well qualified for take, picking up a, a loan or not from your bank. So banks failed in underwriting and um, then those banks failed their institutional investors by you know, telling them that their these houses were worth a lot more and then when they were using, they were bundling up these mortgages into like investment tools and then trying to sell it to investors. They were misleading people by not telling them that essentially these were toxic assets. And then uh, the credit rating agencies that rated these toxic assets were also giving them high credit ratings, even though that they personally knew that these properties were worth absolutely nothing. And so just on a multitude of different spectrums from the consumer all the way up to the um, government agencies that manage these, uh, like manage, that regulate, not manage, but regulate these industries, everyone failed. And because everyone failed, that's what led up to this cascading horrible event that occurred with the financial crisis of 2008. And I think there's already showing signs of that now. And it's, it's scary, honestly, because we were so close to going into a really hardcore depression, like a global depression. Again, same thing with this pandemic. We were very close to something like that, but um, I feel like a lot of people knew that that was that was not something to allow affect your economics because everyone everywhere in the world was te- technically gaining and, and growing, and so allowing a pandemic to affect your metrics just. A lot of people were optimistic that things were going to come back to normal after this pandemic. So I don't think it, it would have ever gone to depression levels. But this housing crisis, if it happens, it's going to be pretty bad. It's going to be really, really bad. And so I can't ask people to listen to me now because, like I said, early on in this podcast, like people three years ago listened to me about pulling a little bit of their money out of the market but that's not entirely true either because if you invested in yourself, you could probably generate a lot more gains than what you could have made in the market. But generally, if you put a lot of money in the market three years ago, you're banking now. Um, so I And I don't want to preface by saying I'm giving people financial advice because this isn't financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I would definitely recommend that you go and um, communicate with a financial advisor if that is something that interests you. But I do feel like now, more than ever, the signs are showing that there is going to be a financial crisis coming up very soon. And of course, what does that mean? That means more houses going on foreclosure. And oh, that's another thing with the financial crisis that's so sad, is that during the financial crisis, when people's houses became foreclosed on, um, the banks purchased these properties, or they didn't purchase them. They They essentially repoed these houses foreclosed these people out of their homes and then investment companies came in and swooped up and bought these homes for way cheaper than what they were worth and held on to them and then now there are the houses that people are living in i'm living in a house that is an investor uh an investor's property essentially owns multiple different houses in las vegas and i don't talk to him directly i talk to a management company that manages the property for him and um 
there's plenty of individuals that that benefited from that system essentially, and it's gonna it's gonna be like that again, where essentially real estate prices are gonna tank, and then who's gonna come in and buy up all the the inventory? Not you or me, but just massive investors that are gonna just sit on those properties and just charge rent and just take advantage of of communities. But anyways. I ranted long enough. Sorry if this was kind of like all over the place. I just feel a little bit off today with the the little allergies that are kicking in. But um, I hope I kind of portrayed the message itself. What I'm trying to get at is that I think relatively soon there's going to be some other financial crisis that's going to impact America. And by impacting America, it's going to impact the rest of the world. Um, and I think it's it's scary to think that it could potentially be housing related again, which is just insane to think about. Because that means that just we never learn from our mistakes and we just keep repeating them. But either way, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. And I will catch you guys mañana. Peace.